0: Hi, my name is Robbie, and this is the Popplies Podcast. In this podcast series, I hope to enlighten you with information that most people may not think about, and hopefully provide some new perspective on the topics discussed. This episode is called Different Yet Similar. For the week of January 30th, I'll be starting a bit of ways from our planet. Approximately 1.5 million kilometers away, or for our Imperial System friends, 930,000 miles from Earth, is a spot called the Second Lagrange Point. This has become the final destination the $10 billion Webb Telescope, the successor to the Hubble Space Telescope. Having launched on Christmas Day of 2021 and made its way through its arguably most stressful period of the trip, when it had to unfurl its giant sunshield, it has finally made its new home. The reason this point is so special is that it's on the opposite side of the earth from the sun, therefore allowing for better deep space photos. From this, we hope to get better pictures of distant galaxies and also a deeper look into the beginning of what we are. So make sure to be on the lookout for new photos to release within the coming months. Traveling to a different region in space, much deeper into the unknown, we arrive about 34 million light years away in a galaxy known as the Nyes 2-10. This is a starburst galaxy that happens to have a black hole near the center of it. Most people hearing that eerie sounding name, black hole would think of destruction and the inevitable demise of anything around it. However, an article published by the Montana State University says otherwise. Based on recorded observations, it seems that this black hole's outflow or the products of space coming out of it are leading to the site of recent star formation, uh, About 70 parsecs away though. You could say this is shining new light on some of the darkest spaces of our universe. Now pulling ourselves back to the little planet we call home. We have our third story. Which gives some insight to how flying is achieved by a very tiny beetle. Coming from an article published by Sergei and Dimitri focusing on this miniature beetle. Well, in fact, it's a miniature featherwing beetle. Measuring at only about 395 micrometers, or about four times the size of a piece of sand, this little beetle has a bit more trouble than beetles of regular size due to the physics behind flight becoming a little harder at smaller sizes as there's a bit more air friction coming into play. This has to do with the Reynolds number and how it plays an important part for organisms and the substances that they move through, but I won't be covering much of that in this episode. Now, in order to combat this increased air friction, they've opted to go with feather-like bristled wings. Hence the name, instead of the normal cuticle wings we see on most insects like dragonflies or the beetles. You might be wondering, why does any of this matter? Well, normally the size of the beetle correlates to how well they can fly, so bigger is often better at flying. But this tiny beetle is able to fly as well as beetles three times its size. These bristled wings are able to stay lightweight and yet produce enough force to propel them faster than other beetles its size. This might be a reason as to why birds have stuck with feathers in order to achieve flight. For our final story today, we'll be wrapping it up with a story about cats that love water a bit like old men do. This story is coming from the University of Transdisciplinary Health Sciences and Technology, and it's about the Asian fishing cat, a cat who is quite fond of spending their time in deep water in order to fish. The way this cat will hunt is very similar to how we as humans fish. Waiting in deep water until the time is right. Then, when the cat decides it is a good enough risk to catch without expending too much energy, it jumps in. Based on the report, they will spend a whopping 52% of their time standing still and waiting. And on top of that, only about 4% of the time are they actually jumping in for their prey. Now you might think that's a really inefficient hunting pattern. However, they do in fact do it for efficiency. The way they seem to think about the hunt is optimizing energy gain, so it's better for them to wait and be successful than to jump at every possible instance. That's not to say that they only hunt in this fashion, as when they hunt in shallower water, they become more active, moving around about 96% of the time, but the fact that they are able to realize that to hunt in these deeper waters, it is better to wait and be patient. I think shows a pretty interesting side of fishing. Um, We are all connected in one way or another, no matter species. We all live on this amazing planet, and even though we might have different ways of coming about things, we still may arrive at the same end goal. Thank you to our listeners, and I hope you enjoyed. If you did, please make sure to leave a like. And um, I should have another one out next week. Um, If you enjoyed this enough, feel free to subscribe and support us in any way you can. Um, Thank you for stopping by and hopefully you caught a hot one. Thank you.